0: so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents the Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, I want to tell you
1: about a lunch I had recently with a friend of mine, Deacon John Green. I think I might have spoken to you about John before. He's a Catholic deacon here in Chicago, married man with three kids, who founded in 1990 an extraordinary ministry called Emmaus Ministry. Emmaus reaches out to male prostitutes who work some of the meanest streets in Chicago. John was inspired to start this work when he discovered that even among the homeless and lost of the city, these young men were especially ostracized and looked down upon. So he decided very much in a Christ-like spirit to reach out to them. Well, in the course of our lunch together, I, I asked John a thousand questions about his work and about the people whom he serves. And the stories would break your heart. Many of the people involved in this life begin when they're 13 or 14, he said. The age is getting younger and younger the longer he's at this job. Most come from broken homes, without any kind of parental supervision, economically desperate situations. Very often, these people, 90% of the time, have been themselves abused. And so they wander into this terrible lifestyle. Often, he told me, they're taken under the wing of an older man who provides for them financially, but encourages their lifestyle. Frequently they become involved in drug abuse and they continue in the life partially because it helps to pay for their drug habit. In short order, they sink into a hell of depression, self-loathing, disease. And often they turn to or intensify their drug use in order to deal with these feelings, which only increases the cycle of dependency. Well, John Green and his team from Emmaus Ministry, they fan out night after night to try to find these young men and offer them some hope. They urge them to come to the Emmaus Ministry Center. It's right on Wilson Avenue in Chicago. There they can find some food and shelter, a place to stay, and most importantly, a friendly face. He told me this devastating story about a 29-year-old man whom he had brought back to Emmaus Center. He had become, in time something of a regular there. Once this young man was there on a Wednesday when a kind of family supper is served at the Emmaus Center. As preparations were underway, this... Hardened man accustomed to living on the meanest of streets was becoming oddly agitated. When John asked him what the problem was, he responded, Well, I've, I've never done this before. What do you mean? John asked him. Well, this, this family dinner thing, I, I don't know really how that works. I've, I've only seen it on TV. Extraordinary, isn't it? These are the people John reaches out to in his wonderful ministry. Now, why am I telling you about John Green and his work and the people that he ministers to? When I read our first reading for this week from the book of the prophet Habakkuk, I thought of my lunch with John Green. Habakkuk was living and writing probably at the time when Israel was being threatened by the rising political power of Babylon. Now, this was not an idle concern because Babylon would eventually overwhelm Israel. So people were right to be concerned. Habakkuk is frightened at the prospect of this calamity. And so he prays to God. Listen. I cry out to you, violence, but you do not intervene. Why do you let me see ruin? Why must I look on misery? Friends, I bet every single person listening to me can identify with that prayer. Everyone listening to me at one time or another has expressed words like that or wanted to. This is an elemental spiritual experience. There are times in life every one of us will confront an evil so profound that we do not know what to do. An evil so terrible and so intractable that we wonder why God doesn't act, why God doesn't just do something. You want to express this in philosophical language? Look at John Stuart Mill. He said there's a very good argument for the atheist position. It's this. If God is all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-loving, there would be no evil. Well, he'd know about it. He's all-knowing. He could do something about it. He's all-powerful. He'd want to do something about it. He's all-loving. Therefore, if those three things come together, Mill said, there would be no evil. But there is evil. Therefore, it seems, God does not exist. Habakkuk's lament, our prayer, John Stuart Mill's argument, they're all coming from the same place. Lord, if You're there, if You are who we say You are, why do You allow evil to happen? I don't mean just... Everyday, run-of-the-mill, garden, variety, evil. I mean these deep, terrible, dark, intractable evils. Did you ever catch yourself thinking, If I were God, I certainly would have done something about this. When I heard John Green's stories, I was filled with the sense of, of dread and depression. Because the problem he was describing, this terrible cycle of dependency, immorality, hopelessness, it just seems so thoroughly evil that I began to wonder in my heart of hearts why God allows this to happen. Now, I mean, shift the context and we can all move into something like this. We've all experienced this. Whether it's the abuse of children, whether it's, it's warfare around the world, whether it's disease, the, the deaths of, of millions of innocent people. Why, O oh Lord? How long, O oh Lord? We cry out in the cadences and language of Habakkuk. Well, listen to the answer that he receives. It's an extraordinary moment in the biblical revelation. Then the Lord answered and said to me, Write down the vision clearly on the tablets so that one can read it readily. For the vision still has its time, presses on to fulfillment, and will not disappoint. If it delays, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not be late. Friends, can I invite you sometime today or in the course of the weekend, revisit this text of the prophet Habakkuk and reread in a prayerful spirit those words because they are formulated as an answer to this soul-searing question of Habakkuk, And the question that all of us have. Write down the vision clearly so one can read it readily. For the vision still has its time. It presses on to fulfillment. It will not disappoint. What's the vision? The vision here is God's vision of the world. It's God's providence over His creation. Does God know what He's doing? Yes, Is the universe just a a dumb series of, of arbitrary events? No, on the biblical reading. God knows what He's about. God knows what He's doing with the universe. If it delays, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not be late. We say... How long, O Lord, when, O Lord, will you act? What are we doing? We're operating from within our sense of time, our framework of time. Lord, this isn't happening fast enough. You're not solving the problem quickly enough. If I were in your shoes, I would act. I wouldn't allow these, these degradations to happen in the city of Chicago. I wouldn't allow these young people to fall into this terrible lifestyle. But the point is, God's time is not our time. God's time is not our time. Compare for a moment a child's sense of time with an adult's. If you tell a little kid, oh listen, I know you want it now, but you'll get it in six months. How will that strike the child?
0: <laughs>
1: They'll think it's, it's an
0: eternity.
1: Six months for a kid is an eternity. Oh, you'll get that in, in five years. Well, five years is like saying, it's like saying 5,000 years to a kid. The adult is acting out of a very different sense of time. And that's why, to the child, the adult's decisions can often just seem anomalous, unreasonable. Now, compare our sense of time to God's. Remember the first letter of Peter? To you, a thousand years is like yesterday come and gone. From the standpoint of God's eternity... What we consider delay is the batting of an eye. As shocking, anomalous, unbearable as it can seem to a child when an adult says that'll be a one-year wait, well, so with an equal, even more intense difficulty can it seem to us when God's vision does not correspond to our timetable what's happening in the universe is happening on God's good time in God's way according to God's plan what are you waiting for well that's not our business how's it making sense well we can't see it but in God's vision it holds together what's God waiting for in terms of the problem that I've been addressing why doesn't God act now? perhaps he's waiting for even more John Greens to arise who will according to his providence and according to his guidance address this terrible problem how long O Lord it's in God's time but it will find
0: its time and God bless you The cemetery ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. Cardinal George says, It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 43 Archdiocese of Chicago cemeteries willing to help you during times of loss. Call 708-449-6100 for assistance. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837.